This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everybody and welcome along to the post-game podcast with me, Patrick Smith, on the Blood Red channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. After Liverpool beat Manchester United 7-0 at Anfield. Yes, 7-0. Mohamed Salah has become the club's all-time top scorer in the Premier League with his brace. Cody Gakpo is electric in the false nine as he notched two. And Darwin Nunez dazzled in attack. And of course, Roberto Firmino. What a moment. The whole crowd was singing his name for the 90 minutes. And what a goal to round off the 7-0 win. Oh, and it's Liverpool's fifth clean sheet in a row in the Premier League. We've got a bumper show to bring you tonight because there's so many talking points and reactions to get stuck right into. Up first is the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorst, followed by Jürgen Klopp's press conference, the view from the cop returns with our brilliant fan reactions, and for an extra treat, I've thrown in the chat I had with the Echo's Theo Squires on the whistle at Anfield. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool have closed the gap on the top four to just three points and moved up to fifth in the Premier League, but that is... uh, not the story here at Anfield today, it has to be said. Uh, the real story is, of course, that the Reds have beaten Manchester United by a scoreline of seven goals to nil. A truly unbelievable scoreline, it has to be said. Uh, I think a lot of fans were maybe a little bit optimistic as the, the weekend drew a little bit closer. United have been in great form, but as the game drew closer and closer, more supporters were perhaps saying that uh, this could be a game that Liverpool could really get the better of and uh, nudge ahead. In that race for the top four, it would have been seen as a big scalp before kickoff. But uh, what followed was truly uh, unbelievable, as I say, seven nil victory against their most fierce and historic rivals. Uh, it'll be some time before we see anything like it again here. I'm uh, pretty sure of that one. Um, two goals apiece for Mohamed Salah, Darwin Nunes, and Cody Gakpo, and one off the bench for Roberto Firmino. Uh, of course, it was revealed this week that. The Brazilian will be moving on at the end of the season to bring an end to eight trophy-laden years at Anfield. And, uh, his goal was probably celebrated the most of the lot as the cop roared for We Won 10. It was a surreal afternoon, a surreal second half in, in truth. Liverpool shaded the first half, created the better chances uh, and Cody Gakpo with a stunning goal to make it 1-0. He cut inside Rafa Varane from a wonderful pass from the outstanding Andy Robertson. Drilled the pass to at the hair to make it 1-0. Um, and Liverpool went in at the break, 1-0 up, and then what followed after that was uh, truly historic and one of those results that people will talk about for decades to come. It's uh, shades of a 7-0 win against Tottenham in the uh, 60s, I think. Ian Doyle gave me the uh, the information for that one. Um, a 5-0 win against Nottingham Forest, of course. Uh, the 4-0 win against Real Madrid. Uh, it'll stand alongside any kind of famous Liverpool results you want to speak of, uh, certainly in the uh, in the Premier League era, um, surely, um, arguably, uh, I'm sure it'll be a debate for another time, but as I'm recording this video, I'm just thinking that perhaps where does this victory lie in the greatest of all time in the Premier League era, and off the top of my head, I'm probably suggesting that it's uh, going right into the top spot, uh, it really was that, that good, that memorable, um, as you say. Two goals for Nunes, for Gakpo, for uh, Salah, who's become the all-time leading scorer in the Premier League era for Liverpool. He now is one ahead of Robbie Fowler, and that feat was acknowledged by the voice of Anfield, George Sheffern, as uh, Manchester United prepared to kick off. Um, I think that was the goal that made it 
just trying to recount them all off the top of my head. It really was a bit of a bit of a whirl, a bit of a wear in that second half. Liverpool just seemed to be flying forward. I had every opportunity. Harvey Elliott was absolutely outstanding in the midfield three. Fabinho, uh, arguably his best game of the season. John Henderson was superb. But uh, probably Cody Gakpo, I'm going to single out for uh, for some praise. He was um, he took his first goal superbly. As I say, he completely flummoxed Rafa Varane by uh, cutting inside and then dispatching past David Hare. And in the second half, he looked to be a bit of a man possessed, in all honesty. Um, his, his goal, the third goal of the day, was probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, a lovely counter-attack involving Mo Salah. The start of a Gakpo feeding him on the right. He carried on his run and then just kind of nonchalantly flicked it over David De Gea to make it 3-0. Uh, that was after Nunes had made it uh, 2-0 with a header from Harvey Elliott's cross. Nunes scored another header, a uh, glancing header into the far corner to, uh, to I think, make it 5. Uh, it's difficult to keep up in all honesty because Liverpool have absolutely torn Manchester United to shreds. Um, Robert, uh, Roberto Firmino, as I say, it came out this week that he was going to be leaving uh, Liverpool at the end of the season. He was afforded the hero's welcome when he stepped onto the pitch. And of course, there was the happy ending of him sticking it away and making it seven. Uh, truly historic afternoon of football here at Anfield. Uh, long term, there's talk of Liverpool now uh, using this as a uh, platform to build and finish in those top four places in the uh, Premier League this season. But to be perfectly honest, uh, I think this win just needs to stand alone at the moment and really be saved by the Liverpool supporters. I'm sure we'll be drinking the bars dry in the city centre this evening. Um, and who can blame them? It's finished here at Anfield. Uh, quite an unbelievable scoreline of Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, the freak result, top performance, um, really top performance um, from the start. I thought uh, the way we started the game was really special. It was one of the best for a long, 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 long time. We were there, we were aggressive, but we played football. We were calm in the right moments, super lively, super active. Uh, in other moments, after 25 minutes, it opened up a bit. Um, United came a bit better, in, in, found a bit better into the game. Um, but then the late goal before half time was a sensational goal. And like the, 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 the Robbo, what Robbo was doing there, cutting inside, and it's then really calm. What we actually were asking for that in these moments we have to give ourselves time. Um, to get into the right position, and then Cody realized it early enough that he won't over once the ball, pass the ball there, and a super finish. Second half starts like uh, I don't think a second half could start better. Uh, with the two goals we we forced there pretty much, um, and from that on moment on, the boys were flying, and then it was really difficult to play against us. And um, yeah, how is that? Performance is super important. Three points are even more important. And um, the result is just the result. Yeah, it's obviously very different to what you did a month ago. Was this the sort of performance you had confidence was coming? Or are you even surprised by the extent of it? Yeah, look, I know that we can play good football and we can play better football than we, than we showed um, a couple of times this season, of course. But there's always a reason why we didn't do it. If you can imagine, it's not that we don't want it. Um, especially when you lost the game before, then you want to want to be the best version of yourself immediately again. Um, the main difference is we have now pretty much all players available, which is super helpful. Um, and you could see today and the other night against Wolves as well, 
Um, but obviously having Diogo back is super important that we can give the boys breaks here and there. Um, now Bobby tonight was obviously the most special moment, <laughs> the reception he got. Um, he needed now maybe one, two games to, 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 be, um, to find rhythm. Um, last line, we have options again, um, which is very helpful in midfield. The players, we have the first time I think in the season now for two weeks or so. We have four or five players not in the squad who are training in training outstanding. Not in the squad, so that's the first time that we have that. Before that, we had nine, ten players injured, and that's not not helpful. Um, when you are in a, on a good run, then you don't. That's not doesn't have that much an impact. You can get through this, but we started like this into the season, and we got out of it, and now hopefully. We are afterwards there, and um, but we all know nothing happened apart from a from a really special night tonight. We have to keep going, and that's um, what we will do. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the best performances for a long, long time, and in a in a way, I think um, everybody saw. How good the boys can be, so I think nobody was in doubt about Darwin's in future impact when he settles and, and, and um, because he's it's, it's a real force of nature. So the, to be honest, that's read. But Cody plays in the most difficult area on the pitch against a man marking side, uh, which is super tricky, but how he um, keeps himself on the feet there and has the overview for everybody else. More is more um, midfielders around. Um, Harvey played a top game uh, the other night against Wolves. Um, had the highest counter-pressing outcome of any player this season uh, in the Premier League. So, um, if that is not a, a qualification for, for starting again, I, then I don't know one, to be honest. So, and it's for us super important on the ball as well. Hendo didn't start the last game. What a performance tonight. Absolutely incredible. And Fab is back. So, and last line. Um, yeah. Is in a, in a better moment as well, so it's it's like it has to be. As I said nothing happened, but um, we have to make these results count with the result of the next game. That's what we try. Yeah, what do I say there? Pretty sure it was about. We have to keep playing. I thought, uh, we, uh, yeah, we have to just keep playing. That was it. And uh, when you get a bit more dominant, result-wise or whatever, in that moment you don't. When it's not that settled yet, you don't use the the patterns then anymore because you don't need to. But um, the patterns we had for today were exactly the things which caused. United the problems and didn't see any reason why we shouldn't do that after 4-0. It was not about scoring another three. I didn't tell him go and score another three. Not at all. I was absolutely fine with the result. I wanted us to 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 understand even more that the things we we had to do tonight were the right were the right thing, and so we have to keep doing it. It's not well. Yeah, let me say like this: I, I love the, the, the impact of Stefan when he came on, but he was a six and he was was everywhere. <laughs> so we had to remind him. By the way, 
you are six. We had a moment in the first half when Hendo and Fabinho were half half left in the box. I'm not sure where Harvey was there, but probably not in protection. So these moments we don't need. That's when you lose a bit because of the excitement, you lose a bit the the, 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 the overview. And it, these kind of things are really important to be, to, to be stable. And that's what we have to be, because we, 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 we need consistency, we need results. And it, it will not always be like this that we score with all these situations. So there are other games where we obviously don't score that much. Um, and you have to dominate football games if you can. And today we could, and that's why we had to do it. Yeah, good. <laughs> Look, that's a, that's a top situation. Um, uh, I think nobody, or everybody saw how good Costas is uh, in the last game. There's a real impact, set up a super goal. Um, but Robo's Robo. And um, he had now 90 minutes break. Um, and I thought he benefited from that today. It was, it was a top performance, like really. Um, yeah, flying Scotsman performance. I don't know. We won, but, but does anybody know how the, when we won against Bournemouth nine 0 how the next result was? I don't know it. Oh, we won. So that's good then. <laughs> but in the last second, right? It was a completely different game. Oh, anyway, a fantastic game. Um, we had two home games in a row. Interesting. Um, so that's. We all know we don't, our goal difference doesn't look like we won one game nine and one game seven to be one hundred percent honest. So we just have to. It's not how I said. I love the performance. I love the three points. Yeah, and the result is good as well. But it's not now. I don't carry that around. Um, but I understand one hundred percent tonight. We didn't speak yet. I'm not sure. Did we? But uh, Mo Salah achieved tonight something really, really special. Should not forget that just because we are used to him scoring a lot of goals. Very special, very special player, very special um, boy, and um, should be really proud of that. Um, so, but that's it. But you saw what positive um, result can do to the boys. It was 7 0 up. Somebody played the ball, I think, to Luke Shaw, back pass, and we chased him with four players when you think of that. What are we doing here? How much adrenaline it gives you and how much uh, positivity it gives you. But now we have five, five days or so time to prepare Bournemouth. They were unlucky yesterday uh, against Arsenal not to get a point at least. And we have to make sure we are ready for that fight. Last one, Miguel. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, after watching Liverpool all season, I never seen that performance coming like the one they just put in against Manchester United. I mean, a good barometer of how a team have been operating during the season is is the goal difference. And if you look at Liverpool's goal difference throughout the season, it was massively skewed by the fact that they won so comfortably against Bournemouth. If you take that away, they were basically operating at a near enough zero goal difference, not much difference in terms of for and against, which shows you the level of inconsistency they've had and the level of lack of dominance within games. I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. I mean, I described Liverpool just a couple of weeks ago. To be honest, I can't even remember what game it was after because they've had so many poor ones over the last few weeks and I described them as a broken team. At first, I thought it was a team out of form. But I described it as a broken team because every 
elements of the team was not functioning correctly. Liverpool could not exert any pressure on the opposition if they wanted to build up. Liverpool, when they had the ball, continuously give the ball away to the opposition. They were conceding from every avenue possible. They even stopped not conceding from set plays, which was one of the, the only positives they had at the early part of the season. And and like I say, in every element of the game, they had regressed to a stage and individual players had regressed to a stage where I just didn't see the likes of today's performance coming really. And listen, you have to play against opponents who give you that opportunity to do so. And you know, a lot of the time I focus on how Liverpool are not able to to be superior in games, whether with the ball or without the ball, or a culmination of both. And but sometimes it is hard to exert pressure on the opposition when the opposition negate that by going longer and have a game plan that is suited to taking away Liverpool's biggest strengths, really. And in that sense, Manchester United, the amount of times they tossed over possession to Liverpool in their defensive third and attempted to play short really fed into the way Liverpool wanted to play. But on the other hand, what I have to appreciate Liverpool for and give them credit for is that so many times this season, and this is just what I've not been able to put me me finger on really, is the uncoordinated pressing that Liverpool have had when even when teams have looked to play short. And I've never quite understood it because Klopp's been such an elite manager, an elite coach, both in and out of possession. And it just looked like an alien coach team this season to me. It looked like, to be honest, it looked like one of the worst coach teams in the Premier League. I, I don't mince my words with that. At times, I feel that that's what Liverpool have looked like. But Liverpool today, with the way United went about playing, the distances of Liverpool's players, the pressing angles, the ability to have a player pressing the ball, offering cover and support, balance within that in close proximity... Liverpool were able to turn the ball over at will, helped by Manchester United giving it away, but also forced by Liverpool in the positions they took up, the intensity they pressed with and the teamwork in which to close distances. And it really fed into Liverpool gaining some early control in the game. However, such is the vulnerability of Liverpool's this season that even though a lot of that early stage resembled the old Liverpool, because there's a sense of vulnerability. There's there's a sense of lack of confidence within Liverpool. There was a period when United really seen through the storm of the early part of the game and actually had some really good opportunities to take the lead. And I don't think that should be forgotten. As much as Liverpool won 7-0, there's still areas to get back to that we know that Liverpool are not, or even in this game, weren't at their elite level that they have been in previous seasons because they did lose control in that period or certainly given, maybe not lost control, but to give you match United opportunities. And that's why when I always look at games like this and it ended up 7-0, it's easy to just look at the end result and second half performance. But the key to the game was the first goal. And in the sense of the first goal, the touch from Cody Gakpo was absolutely fantastic to take the ball inside of Iran and be able to then kill the ball with the inside of the foot into the bottom corner. And then game opening moments often change games and you've got to, you know, it's all right scoring goals or, you know, being a player who's, who's creating chances when the score gets away from the opposition. But to do that when the game was deadlocked, that for me was the key moment of the game. It was a good ball inside by Robertson, who I felt was much improved. I bemoaned Robertson just a couple of games ago, the lack of quality he'd shown in the final third. That was a good ball inside of Fred, I feel it was. But the quality was all within Gakpo. That in, in order to execute that chance or put himself in a position to, to execute the shot, the touch had to be perfect. And he only had one touch to be able to bring it inside. And he did so magnificently and then killed the ball into the bottom corner. 
And I felt it, it topped what was an all-round great performance from Gakpo. And he really is showing really good signs. I mean, I mentioned a few weeks ago in the podcast how what had really stood out to me, regardless of Liverpool's poor form and how, how poorly they'd played, is operating in a bad team. Just the, the variety of receiving techniques he had with his back-to-goal from different angles, whether it be a drag-back with the studs, whether it be an outside hook, inside hook. Very good at receiving in amongst pressure from different sides, hence the reason why he's played in that central role. And he had all of that today, shown me all of what I'd already seen before. I know he, his, his ability to take the ball under, possession, under pressure and preserve the ball and build Liverpool's attacks was, was really, really important. And obviously added to that, he started to show his ability to get in really good goal-scoring areas and affect the outcome of games. So that was really, really positive. Again, I thought his performance was excellent and a bit of everything about it. And whether he plays off the left-hand side, whether he plays in that central role, obviously Klopp feels the central role's his best role at this moment in time. He, for me, is performing to a level which gives me, well, it gives me great hope of the kind of player he could be in the future. And Mohamed Salah, I think sometimes, and I think I was listening to Jamie Carragher before the game and I thought he made a great point and I've often said this because I've often had conversations with people when Salah's maybe not on his greatest game or had a run of games where he's not potentially at his peak. But Carragher said exactly what I've always thought about him. Never, ever worry about him because he's Liverpool's best player. He's been Liverpool's best player since he since he stepped foot in the club, the one who can make the difference in the final third, not only creatively, because people forget, you know, when you take away his, his goals, he's far more than a goal scorer as well, as he showed today with some deft touches to be able to play players into really good positions to again impact the scoreline. And I, I sort of run out of superlatives for him, really. But listen, has he been at his absolute best this season? Probably not. But has he still been Liverpool's best player in the final third? Well, of course. And, and that is the level. We're looking at one of the Premier League all-time greats. And I think today he put in... Another one of the performances that just reminded you of that. And every time that Liverpool don't particularly play well, there's an emerging pattern that he gets less of the ball. It's a, a common denominator, sorry. Liverpool simply have to get in the ball. And too many, too often this season, Liverpool have not had dominance in the final third that has allowed them to get the ball into him enough to be able to dictate the final outcome of the scoreline. And... Liverpool simply have to do that. One of the reasons Liverpool have been so successful is that territorial dominance in the last few years, which has allowed them to get him on the ball and maximise his potential as much. Now, whether that be accepting the ball when Liverpool are in possession or having the organised pressure to be able to win it high, spring from there, and then he's in them inside forward positions to hurt you. Liverpool haven't been able organised enough to be able to do that to get him in them areas and haven't been able to maintain possession enough to get him on the ball to be able to influence it when they have the ball. And obviously today, all of them two things were, were in complete contrast and allowed him to excel. Darwin Nunes, again, I've said for a couple of weeks, he's just a player who will only get better, in my opinion. Do I think it's his natural position? I was on that left side. Probably not. But it's certainly how Klopp will go, it looks like, to the end of the season to try and get Liverpool that Champions League qualification. And because of his movement and because of his eye for an opportunity and his ability to strike off both sides, the ability to stretch him behind and also you've seen today the ability to be a threat in the air Liverpool, he just gives Liverpool a fantastic option because ultimately Liverpool have not got the cohesive from three that they have in previous years and that's you know Liverpool have fantastic technical players in there Firmino Manny who had such great ability to maintain possession as well and the chemistry and the ability to interlink 
and then pre-rehearsed combinations in the final phase obviously aren't going to be there for Liverpool. This is a new profile as a player, new players learning to play with each other. But the difference for Liverpool, and I, I, I did, on this podcast, I did rule Liverpool out of the, the Champions League just the other week. I, I looked at them and I thought to myself, there's no way that Liverpool can put a cohesive run together in terms of winning enough games to be able to leapfrog an amount of teams to, to reach that final place. The only thing that makes me feel different, because I still you know, have my doubts about how Liverpool play at Bournemouth, that's the way Liverpool have been this season, but they may have the firepower to take them over two teams. And I mentioned it in the, in the last podcast, for as average as Liverpool have been, they've chased down teams who are catchable because they aren't great teams ahead of them. And we've seen Manchester United's level today because I've never felt United were at the level that the, the sort of table suggested them being in close proximity to Manchester City and, and Arsenal. But anyway, that would be the saving life for them because although the combinations aren't quite there, these players in Liverpool's front line are probably going to outscore the teams who are in the mix with them. Fantastic performance from Liverpool today. And it hasn't been often I could say that this season. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 7-0 mugging of Manchester United at Anfield. Beautiful to watch. Watch this one in Manila, downtown McCarty at a famous bar called Handlebar. Not too many people there, I'm surprised to say. Sunday night, kick-off just after midnight, but usually... That kind of a place is rocking for a Liverpool-Manchester United game. They missed a thriller, a thriller of a different sort, I suppose. There was one solitary Manchester United fan uh, inside the bar and he was fairly quiet from about the 40th minute onwards. It's so good to see our front three in just superb form. Darwin Nunez seems to have come home to roost now. Cody Gakpo settling in beautifully. Man of the match, though, clearly for me, Mo Salah. Uh, assists and goals looking absolutely sumptuous. One wonders where Luis Diaz is going to fit in once he gets fit. And, um, you know, one of our top goal scorers in recent times, Diogo Jota, will also, I think, struggle a little bit to get into the starting lineup. Excellent to see. We've talked about Liverpool turning a corner and there's been a number of false starts. But maybe this... Uh, Maybe this one signals a good, a good start for us. And if we can continue now in the league, then, well, <laughs> I'm even more confident that we can perhaps make Champions League football for next season. Speaking of the Champions League, you know, on that kind of form, maybe we can score first and then let's see what happens in Madrid. For now, though, I think good chance for all Liverpool fans just to celebrate, have a wonderful time. And um, raise our hopes at Gulasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Mike Holt from Go In The Match podcast with my review on Liverpool Football Club, six times European champions to Man United's three European Cups. Liverpool seven, Man United nil pois. Absolutely bliss. Um I haven't got the words, you know, seven heaven, seven up, all these little jokes and accolades and everything coming out, record breakers, you know, United haven't conceded that many goals since 1930-something. Oh, it's just, we have, we've we've had a horrible season supporting Liverpool so far. It's been grim, it's been boring at times, it's been bleak, it's been 
it's been an eye opener in some games, and you know they've just put a smile on everyone's face there. Um, the performance was. Do you know what? We'll go to the first half actually because that first half, I actually thought United were probably the better team in terms of having chances. I don't think they were the better performing team, but they had them better chances to put themselves ahead. Um, and there was not we we weren't awful, but I just thought United had some good chances. Um, Anthony was getting a few chances on his left foot. Rashford got in a few times. Um, I just thought that they they looked all right first half. Um, obviously Gakpo gets the goal before half time, and it's such a well taken goal. Um, so much confidence in that finish. Um, and you know going into the second half, I think it was Sunez at half time there said you know treat the second half as nil nil. Well, they didn't do that, did they? <laughs> Thank God they didn't. Um, it, it was just like Liverpool of old. It really, really was like, you know, destroying teams. There's been a few games this year where we've been 1-0 up and we needed the second and the third to kill the game. And we didn't. We, you know, we, we drop points 1-1s. We lose 2-1. Today, you know, we we obviously we go 3-0 up inside seven minutes of the second half and it just kills the game. And United's heads just went. And, you know, that is the Liverpool of old, killing teams, destroying teams, making Anfield a fortress, getting the crowd behind us. Um, it was just like watching Liverpool last season and seasons gone by before. It was superb. You know, I'm not going to go through every single goal. I'll be here all night. But star mentions, I thought, you know, Salah comes out of that game and man of the match, but mine was Gakpo. I thought he, he was instrumental to everything. Nunes was a th- just... He's a little pest, isn't he? He's one of those players that if he wasn't playing for you, you'd hate. But when he's playing for you, you'll love him. He's got that South American, tenacious, sort of cheeky, horrible attitude that's just brilliant to have on your team. Um, I, To be honest, I was quite surprised at the start of the game that Jota didn't start. I'm um, Pachetic as well. Um, Obviously, he goes in with Gakpo and Elliot, which I thought was quite interesting. I didn't expect him to do that, but... To a man, every single player there tonight um, was absolutely exceptional. And <sighs> words at the moment, it's hard to take it in. Seven goals against United. You know, I was there last season when we put four past them, and even that was just surreal. But you know, it, it's not a United like like an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer United or a Ragnik United. You know, this United team has been really good this year. You know, they've they won a cup last weekend, and they deserve to. In fairness to them. Um, but we just tore them apart. We made them look stupid. We made them look Sunday league um, amateurish. And as soon as their heads were going, that was it. You know, they were getting yellow cards left, right, and centre. Um, and I mean, even just you know taking the side there is United. That's a massive three points. You know, now we go. Is it three points behind Spurs with a game in hand? Um, that obviously we play Bournemouth away next week, which is going to be a tough game because. They'll have something to prove after, you know, giving their giving their lead away from Arsenal last week. But we've put ourselves in a really, really strong position to get, you know, for getting top four and not making this season completely bleak. And, you know, it's going to be tough to get, you know, a trophy un- under our belts now with being 5-2 down in the Champions League. But if the boys can get Champions League for next year and get in the top four, you say it's a transition season, you go again and they've put themselves in a good position here, you know, th- these are these are the sort of signs that you know we're going to enjoy seeing 
throughout the rest of this season saying, okay, we can take that into next year and it's something to build on. Um, and, you know, it was, to do it against them is just, it's exceptional. Ferguson was up in the stands. Yeah, it's just, it's just the creme de la creme. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. I'm joined live, as I said, by Theo Squires from Anfield. Theo, I did just temporarily mute you during my intro because the tunes are blasting at Anfield, aren't they? After an unbelievable performance. I've just stopped conveniently on cue there. But Theo, talk us through that one. Uh, where to start? We're in seventh heaven. Uh, Liverpool have been waiting all season for that. Like Last year, they nearly won everything. They treated us to a 4-0 against Manchester United, a 5-0 against Manchester United. And after the 4-0, Ralph Ranjit came out and said, United is six years behind Liverpool. They need 10 signings. Uh, obviously, this year, United, they've had a better season than Liverpool. Liverpool have been transitioned. They're ageing. They're, they've fallen apart. And United, we're told, are going for a Premier League title and they're going for the quadruple. Do me a favour. They are miles behind Liverpool, Sid. And as soon as Liverpool get this summer revamp underway with the midfield coming in, it's going to be right back to what we've seen for the last few years because it's United team. They were woeful today. They just didn't turn up and... Liverpool, they were sublime from first minute to last. Uh, this is the side we've been waiting for all season long. This is Liverpool we know and love. Uh, they turned it on for the big moments. Like We've had a few corners turned this season where it's not quite happened. You think of the Man City 1-0. I, I think we can say that when you put seven past Manchester United Anfield, this is corner turned. They're up to fifth. They've overtaken Newcastle. They're, what, three points behind Spurs now? Three points behind Spurs with the game in hand. At this rate, off the back of that, you'd say they'll take United as well when third's on. This is going to be like 2021 all over again. Uh, let's bring on the next couple of months. They're not going to win the title. They're not going to finish second. But Liverpool found their groove again. And every single man out there today was superb. And I'm sure you're going to go through all these individuals. That That is going to go down as one of the most surreal, one of the greatest Liverpool matches. Not just in the Premier League history, but in their history. It's sublime. Yeah, simply unbelievable. I think any Liverpool fan, if you'd ask them their wildest dream result from today. I don't think they have said 7-0. I mean, it's completely crazy. In those past few weeks, as you mentioned, there have been signs that Liverpool have turned this, you know, turned their fortunes around. And today just certainly proves that. I mean, Theo, there's so many talking points to go through. And I'm going to let you choose who you want to talk about first. I mean, we've got Gakpo thriving. We've got Mohamed Salah becoming the top Premier League scorer for Liverpool. Firmino. You choose who you want to start, Theo. Let, let's go with Cody Gakpo. Like, he, he was the one who started it all off. Like the first half, it, it was an evenish game. I, I think it was a, a half of two halves. Liverpool were on top of it for miles the first quarter. And then United came back, Liverpool being sloppy in position, uh, possession, and it looked like, oh, you're on the ropes a bit here. But then Cody Gatlow scores just before half-time, and it's the perfect time for him to score. Uh, brilliant pass from Robertson. He cuts in from the left, and he bends it into the bottom corner. It's a goal we've seen Sadio Mane score so many times for Liverpool. It's a goal we saw Thierry Henry score so many times for Arsenal back in the day. And it was just, it started it all off. Like Liverpool, they had their leads. And at that point, you think, great, just sit on this for the second half. But no need for Liverpool to do that. And what makes it even better is Cody Gakpo could have easily joined Manchester United last summer. He was linked after that. Former Manchester United manager Louis van Gaal told him, no, wait, don't move until after the World Cup. Um, United's loss has been Liverpool's game. They poached, and now he's got, what, four goals for Liverpool? His second was another great, well-moved goal for Liverpool. He leaves the counter-attack, plays the ball to Salah. Salah leaves Martinez looking the wrong way, gives it back to Gakpo, and he just dinks it over to Haya. 
it's what you've wanted to see for him. He's had a bit of a, not a slow start, but not like on it completely since he joined the club. Now he has arrived and this is a new look Liverpool front three. And that was just poetry in motion, wasn't it? It all clicked together. Yeah. It all just worked brilliantly. It is sublime as this, I'll keep saying sublime, but that's what it was. In this false nine role, United couldn't deal with him when he's dropping deeper. It gave Salah and Nunes the space. Like when you say how Liverpool play, how Liverpool work, when the players all do their roles, what you want to see from them, show them this performance. This is what you want all the individuals to do. And it just came together brilliantly in this second half when United were the shell shocks and Liverpool scored six goals to make it seven. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I'll stay with Gakpo though, because as you mentioned, the first finish, lovely curled one. And it was such an important goal at the time because United were in the game, strangely, the first half. Viewers, if you haven't seen the full match and you're seeing 7-0, it was only 1-0 at half-time. I mean, that goal from Gakpo was so big in the first half. The second half finish was also delightful. But Theo, I thought he played really well today. He was almost sort of deeper playing like a number 10 in the diamond at times, wasn't he? I mean, he's really, really thriving in that role, isn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, I, I'm sure there are many of us that have said, when Liverpool have linked with him during the World Cup, good player, but they don't need another left forward. They've got Jota, they've got Diaz. Nunes can play there. And granted, at the time, Diaz hadn't had his knee surgery, so we didn't know he was going to be out for that long. And then Liverpool sign him, and you still think, it's a good sign-in, but you'd rather they signed a midfielder. And then Pop starts playing centrally, and you're like, hang on, we spent £64 million on Darwin Nunes. Why is he out left? Why is the winger going down the middle? doesn't really happen for him in the first game, few games, but now it's clicking. Nunes has got that pace and power that is electric down the left-hand side. And Gakpo is like... Firmino with a bit of pace and a bit of power. He's got that clever movement. He can hold off challenges. He can link up really well with his fellow forwards. And he's got a finish on him as well. Uh, if he's got this eye for goal that Firmino has perhaps lacked at times, who still scored a sublime goal late on again, by the way, which we will be getting to. But yeah, he's just added that little bit more. It's still early days for him, but there's not many better ways to uh, welcome yourself to Anfield, introduce yourself to this crowd. Uh, he scored a few good goals, but that's why his first goal was at Anfield in the derby and then he's got the brace today he scored against Newcastle at this rate he's scoring the goals again Liverpool in the top four yeah absolutely it's all clicking now and I was you know aside from the goals I thought he played absolutely brilliantly in build at play the movement he'd had the positions he dropped into absolutely perfect from him but the man to his right hand side Theo we've got to talk about Mohamed Salah haven't we he's now become Liverpool's all-time top scorer in the Premier League overtaking Robbie Fowler he was a different class today wasn't he yeah, it's one where I think he had like nine goals in his last four or five appearances against Manchester United. He loves facing them. And remember, there was a, a nil-nil during the pandemic at Anfield where Luke Shaw did really well against him. And everyone said, oh, Salah's on the decline. This shows how good Luke Shaw is. I think Salah's had him on toast pretty much every time he's faced off against him since. And it's no surprise he's got these goals again today. Uh, Shaw just couldn't get near him at this point. United were nasty when it was go what's going against him. They were kicking out, they're being late with challenges and just fortunately there's no bad injuries that we know of. No one like, had to come off because of injury. But Shaw couldn't hack it. Salah just cut inside. So many quick feet, clever turns, linking up with Elliot, linking up with Trent, his fellow forwards. Like the way he leaves Martinez looking the completely wrong direction to set up Gakpo second is brilliant. But then we look at his goals as well. First one, it's a little bit of deflection off Martinez to give him the ball, but then he just leathers it on the turn on his weaker foot in front of the cop. And then his second, I think it comes off Firmino, falls to him. He's not going to miss from close range in the front of the cop. He is now Liverpool's all-time leading goal scorer in the Premier League, and he fully deserves it. You'd imagine he's going to break many more records for the rest of his Liverpool career. And while the likes of, say, Ian Rush and Roger Hunt will 
probably be beyond him, if we're being honest, from the all-time charts. Being the all-time Premier League scorers, the one for him. And come on, he'll probably break the 200-goal barrier. And yeah. he is a, a modern Liverpool legend. We've had to wave goodbye to Sadio Mane, waving goodbye to Roberto Firmino in a couple of months. Thankfully, Salah's staying, and he's still writing these great chapters into his Liverpool story and his Liverpool legend. Yeah, I think you can even get rid of the modern day on that. I think he is absolutely a Liverpool legend. And he's, you know, if we didn't need any more reassurance, he's definitely reassured us of that today. We've nicely segued there, Theo, onto the next part about Roberto Firmino. What a moment for him coming on and getting that goal. I mean, everyone today, that was what they came here to see, wasn't it? Roberto Firmino goal after the news that broke. And what a delight to see it happen. Yeah, it was one we all wanted. And when Liverpool scored that many when he comes on, you think, Go on, Bobby, go and get your goal. Go and get the cheers. And like, Si Senor was sung repeatedly throughout the afternoon anyway, before he was even warming up. And then when he comes on, you just know this is a party atmosphere now. This is carnival for him. I think we're going to get two months of this now because his Liverpool career is by nowhere means finished yet. But it's a good little pass from Salah to play him in. And you look at it, it's like, how many times have we seen Bobby just put his foot on that and like try and back heel it to Diego Jota or something? Nah, he, he doesn't want to back it. Like, he doesn't no, want the assist. He's this leathering time he that wants one. The goal. <laughs> he, he holds, waits, he holds his foot on it, and then he just looks at the goal, sees where the keeper is, puts it through his legs, and then off, he's celebrating wildly. Hopefully, there's a few more goals to come, but he's another. He's a Liverpool legend, and it's one where there was a time when United, Anfield, Lino's one of the first team blames on the team sheet. Those days aren't here anymore. That is part of the reason why he's leaving. But if you can still provide the goals and the assists as this squad option for a couple of months, go and write off and write be a legend somewhere else uh, next season. But yeah, it's a great story for him today. And it's another narrative. I think um, if we could have picked it, you know, from the media point of view before the game, you want Salah to get that goal scoring record. You want Gakko and Nunes to score because they could have been Manchester United players. And you want Firmino to score because of the farewell that <laughs> tour that is now starting. We've boxed it all off. Yeah, you've done the math there, Theo. Absolutely right. What a moment for me. I mean, fairy tale stuff for him really wasn't. But you mentioned Nunes there, maybe the forgotten man of that front line today, because the others have such strong storylines, I suppose, don't they? But Nunes was very impressive. A couple of assists to his name as well. Really, really strong performance from him that was needed. Yeah, he was one of the players that probably played worse in the first half. It just wasn't working mm. for him. I think he was in a slightly different role. Like normally we see him on the left cutting inside and really attacking that fullback. But today, they wanted him more central, competing with Varane and Martinez, probably because he's got that height on Martinez. Yeah. And it took him a little while to get going, to get used to it. But then um, he gets his two goals, and he's a completely different player in that second half. The first uh, goal, it's like a lovely little cross from Elliot, and he's not going to miss that header. But the second header is uh, it's a superb header. Henderson uh, recovers a free kick, puts it back in, and it's just one of those little glancing ones across goal into the far corner. Why Liverpool signed this like traditional number nine who doesn't play anywhere near like a traditional number nine, just looks like one. But those are the sorts of goals. Well, the fact that he is this nuisance in the box, he's got a little bit of everything. He's still very raw. There are still glimpses of him, you know, maybe losing his headset time. There was one where Luke Shaw like had a little nibble at him, and Salah did really well to just grab him to stop him kicking out because it could have been a, a red card or at least more than a the telling off that he did get. But yeah, there's a reason why he's one of the first players that how his name charted by the cop. He's a firm fan favourite mm. and he must be, what, nearly 14 goals now this season, 15, something like that. He'll break the 20-goal barrier, yeah. you'd imagine, this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, as you say, playing on the inside role really impressed me. I also like that Andy Robertson overlapped so much with Henderson on that left-hand side. It gave Robertson a lot more freedom to go forward. Also, Nunes pushing inside, really impressive play on the left-hand side. But as a defensive point of view, United did have their chances. But I think Liverpool, you know, the forgotten story today is the clean sheet. It's another clean sheet. I believe that's five in a row, correct me if I'm wrong, Theo, is it? 
five in a um, row in the five, Premier five League. Clean, exactly, that's going to be the one that's you know swept under the cover. There were five clean sheets in the Premier League in a row against the United side, who definitely have attacking threat. It was a very comprehensive display from the back four, wasn't it? Well, that's Alisson's 10th clean sheet in the Premier League this season. That's the same number as David De Gea. We think of how many leaky moments Liverpool had, how many silly goals they've conceded. He's now joint third in the race for the Golden Glove, and he's only a couple off Nick Pope, who's leading it. It'll be so surreal if Liverpool have a season as poor as they had for the majority, and they go and still win the Golden Glove award, still get into the top four. Um, fair play. It's one where putting Canate back with Van Dijk, as we saw in midweek, it's added that little bit more solidity to the back four. They've got a bit of everything, like we're saying, about the, the forwards now with that pace and power. And the world chances for United. Like Alisson had to make a couple of good saves. There was one where he was a, a slipped up and nearly yeah. gifted a chance to uh, Fernandez. Rashford, I think, you went round him and hit the post. A couple of half chances like that. But it was never really one where Liverpool were proper panicking. They were under control for the majority. And you can, I suppose, afford a couple of those little slip-ups at the other end when you're scoring seven against them. But no, like you saw how much it meant to Liverpool at the same time. As much as they celebrated the goals, they were celebrating the challenges. Like There's one where Trent sprints all the way back, puts in a sliding challenge on Rashford to deny him even a shooting opportunity in the box when one-on-one gets a hug off Van Dijk in celebration. Liverpool wanted that clean sheet. Today, from all over that pitch, they just wanted it that much more. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.